to take you deeper into the fantastical world of Keyforge, discussing lore, rules, strategies, decks, organised play, and of course, the Nordic Keyforge League. Old Bruno's not going to be happy if his special delivery gets ransacked, so meet us down by Monty Bank for one last job. If that's not a tempting offer, I don't know what is. Just make sure you get to pull off that final swindle. This is the Nordic Keyforge podcast. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, hello and welcome everyone. This is the Nordic Keyforge podcast and I'm Hydrophilic Attack and you just heard uh, the captain. Hello, the captain. Hello, mate. How's it going? Okay, I can't stop this now. My, my Britishness has, has come back to... Yeah. Hey, everyone. Um, I think I, I will stop that. <laughs> uh, you know, my, my mother, when I grew up, if I was behaving in, in a certain way that was annoying, she would say, stop doing that or you will end up like that. Uh, <laughs> in, in, in the UK, we used to say, like, if you pulled a funny face, you say, make sure the wind doesn't change because you used to tell kids if the wind changes, their face stays the oh. way it is. Um, the lies we tell our kids, huh? um and yeah today it's just the two of us uh yes exactly so linus who normally does the the intros uh couldn't make it tonight through lack of voice so maybe even pushing him to do that would have uh been pushing him even further so um get well soon linus and um zaramis is also uh busy as well but we uh, we miss his voice as well on on the podcast so uh captain how has your keyforge week been i won my first game in silver league i am very very pleased about that but i'm even more pleased about the game i lost <laughs> which sounds <laughs> really really uh ridiculous but uh i um i won my first two games the first game was very close the second game um you know, in the most respectful way possible, it was a walkover with my sprint deck. And uh, I, I almost felt a little bit bad by <laughs> the 12 Ember I had on turn two. <laughs> uh, but the last game, I thought, okay, starting off with a 3-0 win, this will be good. And I saved one of my best decks for last. Um, I couldn't believe it wasn't banned. And I got destroyed by a Dark Tidings deck. And so I'm pleased about that because Dark Tidings won, Dark Tidings shone. And it was a really, really exciting match. And I was trying to find every way possible, but he just controlled the board and took the game home. And I feel like that's going to be the story for the rest of the season in Silver. <laughs> no, I think you will. <laughs> I think you will do well. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, as long as I win all my games 2-1, I'm going to be quite happy. Um, mm-hmm. Yusavo thinks he's going to win all his games. He's uh, going strong with the memes and the, the threats, um, even in the leagues that he's not in. Um, yeah, I, I heard he's even going into random games just to on, that people play on TCO just to... <laughs> Yep, psych he, them out. He he just popped into one. I was like, oh, you know, you saw us watching, and then he just like said, "I see dead people," and left. I'm thinking, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. <laughs> see what happens when we let Finns into the into the league. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, 
anyway, so that was that was my week, um, and I also uh, boosted my collection a little bit by um, buying my first probably com- yeah very competitive deck um, this week on the second hand market. So um, I'm planning my lineup for next season already. Nice. Do you want to say something about what the deck is, or do you want to keep it a secret? Of course, I don't want to say anything. I don't want people psyching me out already. Okay. <laughs> no, it's one of um, it's a it's a deck that did really well in previous seasons from uh, Nick Largo. Um, uh, he sold some of his uh, better decks, so um, really excited about that. And one of my favorite Saurian combos as well in there nice. as well with Shrix and um, uh, Tribute. Um, so yeah, how's yours? How's your week? So it was good. Let's start with the bad news. I lost my diamond league, diamond league game uh, oh. against uh, Zaramis. Um, of course. I mean, he's going to win. He's everyone's favorite. So, but you know, I, I think I looked at his, at his lineup and I said, I could, I can win this. I can win this two one, uh, <laughs> because he has two really good decks. Yeah. I knew I will ban one of them. He will protect the other, and I will lose against that one. Okay, yeah, that happened. Mm-hmm. And then I figured I can beat. I ban one more deck, and then of the three remaining decks, I can beat two of them. Yeah, uh, but it didn't work out. I beat one of them, and I lost against the other. But it wasn't. If cards had come in another order, I think I could have. I could have won it. Yeah, uh, and also I could have played better. I could have also chosen a better deck for the first game. I got maybe a... Mm. And also, uh, maybe I should have banned my first ban pick. I picked one of the two good ones. Mm. And maybe should have picked the other one. Uh, so, yeah. uh, but it felt like it felt like I could have beaten him. Yeah. So I didn't feel like... Um, that's good. I felt like it was a, a, yeah. an interesting series of games. And I really enjoyed them. Uh and he's a really good player, and it's always fun to play mm. against him. I mean, uh, he he probably had his spreadsheets on on the another screen while you were playing, analyzing every single move that you made and all the. Uh, so you know, after last week's ep- two weeks ago episode where we p- talked with Kandika, yeah, uh, I made a I made a spreadsheet of each matchup. Which oh, you you, you've 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 started forecasting. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or at least I tried for, for one time, and you know, I made a decision, and I said I need to ban this deck. It's the one that. Only one of my decks has a chance to beat. Yeah, uh, out of the two that I was afraid of, and then ten minutes before, I was like, "No, let's ban the other one." <laughs> uh, so you know, I should have followed. I should have followed my document, and I yeah. would have had a better chance, I think. Uh, but other than that, I played mm. a cup game uh, and won it, so that was That's good. good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I beat. Uh, a Saurian combo deck, <laughs> uh, but uh, I go. I think I just I got luckier with my draws. Yeah, uh, and I also played. Uh, f- I got my first two zero win in the Time Shapers League, which is best of two adaptive. So that was nice. Oh, nice, nice, uh, cool. Well, well done. Um, also, I mean, one comment about your Diamond League game is, you know, why would you win when no one voted for you? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, you know, everyone voted for 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 Zara, yeah. So, yeah, you know. my confidence was completely rock bottom. And, it's so yeah. it's everyone else's fault. You don't take the you can't, can't take it on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I feel I feel happy with uh, with my performance in the games, and the yeah. games were fun. So that's all that matters. Uh, 
Cool. Well, okay. Congr- so that was my week. Congratulations um, on your on your other wins, though, um, and taking yeah. that through as well. Thanks. Should we should we just add in here a little uh, note about some of the uh, comments that we got from last week's podcast? That um, sounds good. So let's start with mind bullets. The flavor text was a few understand the secret of its power. Um, we discussed that it's probably a tenacious D song. Um, that uh, this is referring to. And Banan Permobile came forward after a couple of days of listening, um, afterwards admitting that he had Googled this, it wasn't just common knowledge for him, that uh, the song is Wonder Boy by Tenacious D. And the lyrics, some ex- excerpts of the lyrics is, Wonder Boy, what is the secret of your power? How about the power to kill a yak from 200 yards away with mind bullets? Okay. Uh, and if you look closely at the art, is the 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 robot it has the head of a yak. Oh yeah. And he's getting hit by some kind of bullets. And he has bullets coming out of his of his head as well. So they're the oh. mind bullets coming out of his head. Um, oh, is that what's happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now I see. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. Which is which is absolutely fantastic. So uh, the flavor text there really delivers. The second one we had was Hydrocatalogger, um, which Hydrocatalogger, the flavor text on that, just to remind us all, uh, was the Hydrocatalogger isn't just a Brutodon that you can dump things on. It's a series of tubes by Livia the Elder. Now, the backstory to this one, to flavor text for this card, is a reference to a quote from a US senator about the internet. Um, And you can look at this on Wikipedia as well. And his quote uh, that this comes from, he says, and again, the internet is not something you just dump something on. It's not a big truck. It's a series of tubes. Hmm. And so it's almost, well, almost word for word. Uh, (laughs) And the backstory is that the senator was opposing net neutrality. And Hmm. it made him very, very, very clear that he didn't know anything about the internet. Hmm. (laughs) So thank you for uh, coming um, through with those and making our jobs easier. (laughs) Uh, And uh, I guess guess they are also saying that this... uh... This old politician, he's the political equivalent of a dinosaur by giving this quote to Livia the Elder, Saurian. Yes, uh, of course, of course. So <laughs> absolutely fantastic. The depth of this. And I think we, I, I wouldn't have um, seen that or heard that. I think I'm a little bit out of the loop when it comes to US politics. Um, yeah, I think I've heard it before, but I, I wouldn't have been able to place it. So I'm yeah. really happy for that response. That's really great. So thank you for getting in touch about those. Uh, keep the feedback coming in um, and the support and everything. Really good to hear from everyone in and out of the league, which is great. Okay, so we move on to the next segment, which is a league update. Um, mm, yes. Um, so... Uh, Let's go over just uh, the standing of the different uh, of the different divisions. Just who is in the lead? So in the in the diamond division, uh, we have Mr. K-Pop as the leader. He was the only player to win three zero 
uh, in his game last week. So that makes him uh, the favorite so far. Um, in the Platinum Division, uh, Algernon Air, he has already played his second game, so he's in the lead with 4-2. But uh, our Danish player, Kaspian DK, uh, he won his first week game 3-0. So he's also, I guess, Algernon R and Kaspian DK mm. are, are the favorites. Uh, yeah, they've had, a, they've had a really strong start, both. Yeah, in the Platinum Division. And in the gold division, we have two players who won 3-0 in Codwag and JPVG. And JPVG, he is a former uh, highest division player. I think he took a break one season mm. and was relegated for that reason. But but he's he's doing well, having a good start in the gold division. Uh, it's good good to have people returning to the league. Always good to see. Yeah. Uh, and in the silver division, the leader with the only person to have won three games last week was Slow Aaron. Uh, and in bronze A, we have two players going 3 0 uh, San- Sander Seb and Equi. Uh, e- e- Equi had a buy for his, his 3 0 as well. Oh, so right. Okay. So okay. he's got his buy because both, um, both bronze leagues only have seven oh. players. So one person will always get a buy. So Equi has has already has his buy, so he's got his his boost for the season. Okay, my bad. So we can say that Sander Seb is the leader uh, at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And in in the bronze B division, Pinata got the buy, uh, but the only person who get to get three zero through games was Dick Rowland. Uh, so Dick Rowland has got the best start in the season in bronze B. But of course, uh, there's a lot of the season left. I'm telling myself mm. that since I <laughs> lost my first game. And for everyone else who who would maybe, even if you're not in the lead right now, there is a lot left to play for. So, Yeah, definitely a lot left to play for. And the I was, I was, I was talking to Sizox uh, earlier in the week. And he was commenting on the quality of decks and play between bronze and diamonds, the bottom and the top. There isn't much at all to go between as well. So the the, the level in this league is is pretty pretty equal. Uh, whichever whichever league you're in um, is all pretty competitive, which is really good to see. Yeah. Um, which I think also makes the uh, the new minor leagues a little bit more important, a little bit more attractive as well, because there are a lot of fun decks that probably won't see as much of a light the light of day um, when the main leagues are getting more competitive. And so we've spoken about this a couple of weeks ago, but we've started to minor leagues, and in minor leagues there is it's basically a SAS cap in um three sas caps so two decks have with a sas cap of 73 then a sas cap of 68 and a sas cap of 63 and so there are currently six players in each league so there's 12 players 
at the moment. Um, and it's all quite equal. And then next season, there will be a higher league and a lower league. And so then there's playoffs at the end for, you know, who who makes it into the into the higher league. And I think I'll be signing up for this next season myself as well. And the banning still goes the same, but you, you can't ban two decks from the same SAS cap. And so really on two SAS cap groupings, you're you're kind of choosing what you're playing against in those SASCAP groupings as well. Uh, so that's really exciting. The results at the moment so far are uh, in Saturn. Uh, they've had a full round of games, and Kark Monstret is the only player to have won 3-0. Uh, but Jupiter hasn't got as... They're not as quick to be playing the games, but you also have longer to play your games in the minors as well. I think you've got 10 days to play your games as well. And so Sizox has won 3-0 against uh, Yosavo there as well. So Yosavo's mind games has not helped him in the minor leagues. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they're not going to work with me. (laughs) <laughs> as well so i think the mine the miners are a um and it might um be renamed in the future i don't know with, with the miners but the the jupiter saturn going with the, the planetary naming system as well i really hope this one grows i'm going to be joining in next season for there as well because i've got a lot of fun decks um and lower sass so keep an eye out for those leagues um and get involved next season and i think there's one more type of competitive play that we're going to report on yes uh we have uh, uh thanks to uh, uh discord using this uh, discord user and the tco player clogging we have an exciting event coming up in the Nordic community, and it's a battle of nations between uh, Sweden and Finland. Uh, and he has made a really nice website for hyping this up. Uh, and basically, the way it works is we will form two teams, one for each nation. I think there will be uh, five players in each team. The Finnish team is already f- formed. It will be... Uh, captained by uh, Mr. K-Pop, one of our podcast hosts. Traitor. I thought he was <laughs> Swedish. Well, yeah. I, I, I guess he grew up in Finland originally. So Yeah, he's uh, allowed. That's fine. And uh, I think the Swedish team is not completely formed yet. I have uh, said I'm interested. And I know some other people have said they're interested. So hopefully we will have a team soon. Uh, and the date is not completely set in stone, but there was some discussion about it uh, on our Discord. And uh, basically, maybe it might be the first weekend of uh, September if if we get the teams by then. So that's the hope. But we will see. Uh, Try and get some streaming sorted as well. Hopefully, we can get some streaming sorted for those games if, if that's at all possible. So if anyone's interested in getting involved in streaming through the league, we have got a channel which we haven't streamed from yet as in the Nordic Keyboards League. So get in touch with us through the um, podcast channels and um, we'll try and set you up. If and uh, I want to mention that uh, we are putting in the show notes, we're putting uh, a link to the website and we really recommend you go check it out because uh, clogging he has made or uh, has uh, have someone make, I'm not sure, really amazing logos for the teams uh, that you have to see. Absolutely uh, incredible. I want one tattooed on my arm. 
<laughs> team Sweden, yeah. not Team Finland. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I guess Team Sweden had a moose. Is that right? Yeah, and Finland has a polar bear. Right. Um, uh, because we all know there are polar bears in Finland. Apparently so. <laughs> I mean, that's a joke that people think there are if the, yeah. from outside. Uh, and yeah. uh, I think uh, yeah. maybe Santa Claus would have been a better mascot for them. I don't know. Is, 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 it was Lapland or Sweden? Uh, so, I, I mean, we have Tomteland in Finland, I think. Yeah. But, uh, so maybe, maybe Santa should be a more accurate um, <laughs> mascot. I, I really the, like that it's two animals, two fierce yeah. animals yeah, I, fighting I, I, it out. Uh, noble and fierce. And uh, it would be like like our teams and our games. Uh, we will have uh, noble and fierce games and teams. Uh, and the, the format, it's called Friggin' Hobby Horsing Around. Uh, I don't know all the details about it, but uh, we will have to choose one deck from each set. So there will be five teams. Uh, sorry, for each team, there will be five decks, uh, one from each set, and they are shared in the team, all these decks. Um, and I think you might, you're allowed to net deck. I'm not sure. There was a discussion about it, but I think that might be the case. Uh, and uh, then there is a special system where you challenge players from the other team and i haven't quite wrapped my head around it yet uh, that's right there's challengers and defenders and you have to defend yeah yeah you challenge and that, someone and then two people can 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 defend in a way they talked about it on arkans corner because i think oh Ar- yeah yeah I remember arkans that. corner did a team usa versus team canada yeah. events um yeah. with with this format and right. i've heard i've listened to their podcast um I'll try and link uh, links in the show notes to exactly which episode it was, but they talk about exactly how it works um, on that episode. And it sounds like a lot of fun. And yeah. we're, we're trying to organize some streaming for that as well. Uh, and a, a very, pos- a very, a very interesting part of the rules is that when two people, when people are playing, the rest of the team is watching and it's very important that they exhibit a lot of toxic, positivity when they are cheering their teammates on uh, and that's a quote from Cloggin uh, that's that's just brilliant that's just brilliant uh, I think it's absolutely fantastic that Cloggin's got involved in our community yeah over on this side of the pond um, and yeah really bringing that uh, toxic positivity into the uh, <laughs> into our discord too. into the cold heart of the nordic uh, uh, of the swedes and the finns yeah uh, the cold heart of scandinavia yeah <laughs> uh, cold heart of the nordics i guess finland technically not scandinavia but but that's a that's a <laughs> no one cares I'm, about I'm really it. I'm just a know-it-all. Sure. I'm just a know-it-all. So cut that part out. Uh, I'm, and I'm I'm staying I'm staying quiet um, in case they. You're uh, just letting me dig my grave even deeper. No, I'm, I'm I'm staying quiet <laughs> until they just in case they um, take my uh, citizenship back. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Uh, I've got a, I've got yeah, a, yeah, I, 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 I do have a framed picture of the Swedish royal family. Okay. Um, yeah, someone, that, someone would, gave that would me, definitely uh, get you uh, kicked yeah. out because no Swede has that. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Although my three-year-old um, did find that picture and hung it up next to his bed two weeks ago. 
<laughs> because he thought it was a nice picture. Um, okay. So uh, he's he's definitely Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough about my life. Um, so let's move on to the main section of tonight. Yes, the main section is something that um, we've wanted to talk about for um, a few weeks. Um, and Hydro and myself, we discussed it at the end of, I think, episode four or five or something. And we never really got a chance to talk about it. And then we realized, actually, the others have been shouting around and making other plans. So now is the time that we can talk about this because I feel like the four of us hosts, we um, we represent a, quite a broad range of, of players. Um, so there are people with a lot of decks um, and there are people that haven't had as many decks. Um, there's people that buy and there's people that don't buy. You know, so the the way that we look at the game, you can kind of split the four of us um, down the middle in quite a few different ways. And myself and Hydro, we feel like we're the type of players which we, we don't have as big a budget um, or we haven't, and we're still playing competitively. competitively. So this, this week I thought it'd be good to actually okay can you be competitive on a budget and if so how and what tips maybe can we give that might be able to help you get into that competitive level despite not having the size of wallet that other players might have um so what's our what's our first tip or what's our first thing that we want to talk about here so first for getting started uh just for that part is you might need a lot of tokens at the start uh, and uh, you can buy the starter sets. You can find a good deal on the starter sets, but also what you may take advantage of if you have other people in your area, there are going to be some people who bought a lot of starter sets on sale and they can give packages of starter sets away. I know Sysox has, Sysox has been doing, doing mm-hmm. that. He has been giving sets with the tokens and some, some, decks to start with away to new people in his uh, that he where he lives and uh, in the US we have Sky Jedi who who has the Reforge project uh, where Pro- he yeah project Reforge has been such a success yeah so if you're completely new to the game and you want to get all the tokens and try to find out if you can if you can take advantage of something like this. Mm. Uh, And especially if you're new to the game, even playing with decks that don't really fit together or decks that aren't as easy to play, you're still playing the game. You're still understanding um, and and experiencing the... um, uh, the merging of of, of of the cards and um, seeing how they play with each other, even if the decks aren't amazing. Um, and so just, just playing with any deck that you can get your hands on. Uh, and then the next point we wanted to make is that, uh, so the, the main thrust of this discussion will be about how to be competitive but the thing, if you're new to the game, what you should ask yourself at the start is, what do I want to get out of the game? Uh, 
and uh, so yeah you can be competitive but there are, we can also see other types of players who have other objectives and we should we thought we wanted to address those objectives as well so what i had down i had it down into four categories people who uh just they have a friend that they know uh, who is into card games and they just want to play casual games with a friend and there is one way to play keyforge for that and then there are a type of player who doesn't necessarily have to be competitive but they just want to have a hobby where they can, can meet people and then we have a type of player who just wants a game they can play in their spare time like instead of playing call of duty or something like that uh, they can go and play a card game uh, online like a hobby that they do an hour in the evening or something like that and then how do you get the most hours out per dollar spent if you have that part and finally the fourth player type which is a competitive player uh, so to start with if you are a player who who uh, just wants to play casual games with a friend uh, for that type of player we recommend you don't need the best decks in the world in fact maybe it's more fun to play with decks that are not super good so you have even matchups uh, so what you really want is you want many decks uh, because the more decks you have the more permutations of combinations uh, of decks that can play against each other. So if you have uh, if you have uh, two decks, that's one possible matchup. If you have ten decks, that's forty five matchups. And if you have twenty decks, that's one hundred and ninety matchups. So it grows exponentially the more you have. So it makes sense to get a big collection of decks to start with. And to do that, there are a lot of people that buy a lot of decks. And they are only looking for the top decks, so they will sell the decks that are not top decks super cheap in bulk. So we recommend to look for these bulk deals uh, to get a bunch of decks to start with, play with those, learn the game with those, have fun with those. And then when you have a large set of decks, you can start opening random decks because because if you have if you have fifty other decks and you open a random deck, then you have fifty possible matchups for that one random deck you open. So the idea get a big collection of of weak decks or mediocre decks for cheap and start with that. Uh. Yeah, and I, I like I like this point because it also means that you know if you're gonna if you're gonna play well and competitive, you're gonna need to know okay what cards struggle in with certain decks, what houses struggle in certain sets, um, you know which cards have elusive, which cards combo well together. Um, those guys, I mean, I say which cards are elusive because I still, even in mm. real life, I'm still last hitting on a elusive creature wondering mm-hmm. why he's not dying. Um, but you're still experiencing the game, like I've just said, but you're you're getting that really valuable experience of making those decisions. Mm. And learning the card pool i mean exactly i mean we're talking about you know key forge on a budget but all decks essentially have a resource budget of their own really don't they because not every deck is amazing at everything every deck has its achilles heel at least a lot of decks have a lot of weaknesses so it's learning to almost to, to play and learn the the budget of that deck as well the budget of that deck's resources and when you start to see that in a in a deck 
or in several decks, when you find a really, really good deck, you know that deck's weaknesses so that you can play around them and learn it. And it helps learning those good decks be a little bit better. And it's just experience with the actual game. So that's a way you have fun with your friend. That's the way you learn the game. That's the way you eventually get good at the game. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. M moving on for the second category of player, a player who wants to meet people. Uh, the recommendation that I think both me and Jason have is to try try and find a local community if you're lucky enough to live in a place that has that and mm -hmm. go there and play sealed. Uh, because yeah. you go there to play sealed, you pay 10 bucks for a deck. You have an evening of entertainment and social interactions. Mm. Uh, and you're still playing competitively. Like yeah. most, so the, the sealed the sealed championships or the sealed evenings as well, you most of them do a, a round of a four round Swiss. And so everyone, you play three or four rounds and then you have a top cut. And so yeah. there is that constant competitive. Right. If you win all your games, you're going to win the evening and maybe go home with a playmat or something. Yeah. And maybe not the top cut. It can also be the weekly seed where it's just a Swiss. But in any case, it's a, you just play a bunch of games. Uh, you have an evening of entertainment and you get to go home with a deck. And I also want to mention the person who has bought 100 decks, he doesn't have an advantage over you in that event other than maybe experience, but he, he or she, uh, they don't have, uh, I mean, they buy a random deck, you buy a random deck and your deck could be better than theirs. It could be worse than theirs. Everyone is on the same level. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And if you think about what 10 bucks get you, it doesn't even get you a movie ticket. And sure, going to the movies is fun, and but you and you will go home from the movies with with your memories, but you don't, won't go home with a physical thing like a deck that you can have fun with after. Uh, so, um, definitely. For for the next type of player who just wants, uh, I don't know, they want to spend an hour every day playing a game, like for as an entertainment thing, uh, and they want to get as much as possible out of their decks, uh, the, the advice we both have for that player is to play all of your decks that you open. Yeah. Uh, even the bad ones. Mm. Even the ones that you just, you just know they're not going to be that good. Play them and understand why they're bad. Play them and understand what it is that makes up a bad deck um it's i mean i've i've opened i've i think i've opened maybe 20 in the last three four weeks 20 decks which i've i've, I've had and saved up and maybe two or three have any worth in terms of on the competitive level and i'm struggling to find time to play the rest to really understand why and so maybe i've gone a little bit too quick myself but i i know by playing them i'm still going to learn learn a lot about the game um yeah yeah i can say when i started playing this game i i i bought first two decks and then uh, another two decks and then another deck so i had five decks and i just uh, played those five decks over and over again and none of these decks are competitive now no. but i just learned how to make the most with what i had with those decks and i had a lot of fun trying yeah. to figure out these decks uh yeah, no, definitely. I, 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 I can't agree more, more with that. Um, 
And on that point of playing your deck, there is something called NARP. Do you want to say something yes, about that? Yes, my next point is NARP the... Redacted. ...out of your decks. Um... What is NARP? <laughs> NARP is actually a term coined by the Call of Discovery podcast, um, run by Zach and Ed. Um, probably is my by far favorite, um, or say second key, second favorite Keyforge podcast after the Nordic <laughs> Keyforge podcast, of course. Um, I'm a patron on there, and it's just a lot of fun um, interacting with these guys. And they've coined this thing called NARP, and it's a way of learning your deck and playing it and understanding what's good, what's bad, what's the weaknesses. And so NARP is an acronym, um, and it's just, you know, good that it also spells out a fairly mediocre card um, in in uh, Worlds Collide Brobner. Um, is it Worlds Collide Brobner, Martin NARP? I don't know. Maybe, uh, it's uh, Worlds Collide Brobner, yeah. Yeah, it is Worlds uh, Collide Brobner. Um, so you can I, mention what the letter stands for, and then we should probably refer them to the episode where Linus goes into detail on what it is. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um Okay, so NARP, uh, N-A-R-P, Notes, Antagonists, Recall, and Play. Uh, notes is, you know, making notes about your game, wins, losses, what worked, any cards that, you know, didn't work so much. Uh, antagonists is um, what kind of decks give your deck trouble. Um, recall is know your deck list when you're playing in real life um you obviously you have your deck list there and you can look down it as well but if you know off by heart that exactly what cards you have in your deck then you're going to be able to recall what cards have been played and what cards are still coming and you're not trying to check as if oh, have i got too much protect in this deck um you should you should know that if you're if, if you're playing that and then play is the P. And so, you know, whether it's 50 times, 100 times, 150 times, um, you know, going through there and um, just just making notes, get a notebook um, and just make notes about your deck and understand because you might have a really good deck that you play 10 times and it loses and doesn't do really well. But if you keep at it, you understand, it clicks and you get your deck. And so that's where you get the value out of just the one deck um, yeah. that you have there as well. But we've already talked about this a little bit before and we'll reference that episode in the show notes. Yeah, it's episode two where we have uh, was Mr. Was it Cape. that early? Episode yeah, it was two, in episode two for the final segment, Mr. K-Pop's Rig Lottery. And he, he will describe it in more detail. Yeah. Fantastic. That's a good segment. I hope he returns with that one. Uh, in the coming weeks. Yep, so that's that's my part, NARP the redacted out of your decks. Yes, and then a thing that some players have been doing in the Swedish community and also elsewhere, like it's, I guess it's what the Tabletop Royale, Royale guys are doing in a way, is they take all their decks and they make an internal tournament of their decks and play all the different decks against each other. You can play it on your own, two-handed, like you play one side and then you play the other side. Uh, or you can play it with a friend like the Tabletop Royale guys are doing. Mm. Um, but uh, basically, that's a way to play all your decks. That's a way to use your decks to better understand mm. your matchups, what decks can do well against what. Uh, mm. And that's a nice way 
to just get value out of the decks you bought and have fun with them. Uh, mm. And it's really good when you do that as well to mix the sets in in those matchups too to understand you know what some sets are good at and what sets some sets aren't so good at um and understanding what you're expecting when you when you come across uh when you're playing dark tidings versus age of ascension for example so you know two very combo heavy decks um sets um yeah in the nordic community i guess the player who does this the most is Sysox. Mm-hmm. And no one can argue with his results in the league. He has the most titles of the highest division. Uh, and also, I think Algernon R has been doing some of this as well. So if yes. you want some tips on getting started with this, you can come to the Discord and talk to them. I'm sure they would be happy to share mm-hmm. their experiences with this. Uh, so there is a, a channel in, in our Discord called Solo Spiel, uh, Solo Play. Um, and uh, here they talk about how the people that are doing this, they talk about how they set the set them up and, and, and make their choices uh, and how they and how they're doing with this. Um, so you you're not alone if you're doing this. Um. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then finally, let's move on to the player who wants to be competitive and. Uh, what advice do we have for that player who wants to be competitive while still on a limited budget? Uh, I think my biggest tip, if I may go first, mm-hmm. is don't get too hung up on SAS. Um, the SAS score that a deck has, this is something that is a, is a, is a very good system, and it was uh, designed by um, Corey Than. And he's done an absolutely fantastic site, and I support them on their, their on their Patreon um, because there's a lot of things that you get when you know organizing your deck and tagging your decks and everything. However, all it all SAS is is a score about the synergy of your deck, how your decks um, works with each other. But it doesn't mean that if you've got the 99 SAS deck that it is unbeatable. No deck is unbeatable. Uh, the right deck can win in the right meta, um, even if it's in the not in the top 0.1%, according to this SAS. Um, you've still got matchup. You've still got luck of the draw. You've still got so many other factors uh, involved in, in a game of Keyforge. So don't get hung up on that SAS. And <laughs> scanning in a deck, seeing how good it is, you know, you can't, that is not as good as actually just playing your deck and finding out for yourself. Yeah. Uh, and this goes back to what we said earlier about playing all your decks and narping all your decks. Mm. That's how you can find those hidden gems. I have mm. in, in the highest division of the Nordic League, I have a deck that when I opened it, it started out in the low 60s, uh, mm. which is not very good according to stuff. It's like med- mediocre. Uh, and now it's low 70s, which is still just barely above mediocre mm. and it has worlds collide Brovnar, which everyone hates and i'm doing really well with it uh, my 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 best deck now that that i have is also worlds collide Brovnar, and it's actually a good worlds collide Brovnar as well so yeah. you know it's you look look past those Brovnar and you you find some gems yeah as uh, well. and don't forget that sas one sas wasn't invented by fantasy flight the makers of the games and 
SAS also isn't perfect. Their system isn't perfect. When a new set comes out, they still have to bring in all the new cards, understand the new cards. They're still trying to work out how this SAS system is working with Dark Tidings because it can be, like I said last week, SAS can, is one level when the tide is high and another level when the tide is low. So you're still trying to work out. So nothing compares to you. I mean, nothing compares to um... nothing compares i'm so i'm so glad you you got that hydro otherwise it would have been a very weird moment on this podcast <laughs> nothing compares to playing and playing and playing a deck yeah uh and uh nathan Corey fan who's making this this system he is one of the best players in the world but he's just mm. one player and he has his play style and mm. your play style may be different so for example certain things that are important in other play styles may not be well covered by the system and it's not caught by the system uh, so uh, find your own play style and find your own favorite decks which maybe are not his favorite decks uh, even though he is very good at finding good decks um, mm. yeah definitely okay so the next uh, the next uh, point we wanted to make was uh, if you want to find uh, a good deck uh, and this is easier if you have played a lot and know your own playstyle. But it's look in the secondary mar- market and try to find a deal. Uh, so usually, players maybe players who are looking to pre- take a break from the game, or players who have found their favorite deck and are selling their second favorite decks. Uh, mm. But they, uh, you, you may find decks that are really good at reasonable prices. Uh, yeah, I can actually uh, really recommend uh, a recent episode of Health from Future Self, which is another really good um, Keyforge podcast. I think one of the first Keyforge podcasts that I came across actually and really helped me get into the game. So thank you guys for that. Um, and Sydney and Blake uh, interview um, Drazcor and Jupiter. And they have a whole discussion about secondary market and what they think and how they deal with the secondary market. And Jupiter's actually one of those people where he, he's got his small collection of decks that he plays competitively and he just likes to sell the rest because then he can then finance himself to buy more decks. Um, yeah. And I yeah. think he's taking a bit of a break from the competitive scene himself at the moment, but he's still um, streaming and, uh, and everything as well. So... Um, yeah, really good tip, and I think it's the. It's, I, I will, we'll we'll link all these episodes and everything that we're talking to as well because it's a really really good um, uh, topic, I think. But I, I want to reiterate here the point we made before. If you have played all your decks and played a lot of games, you know what you want. You know what you like. You know what you want, uh, and you know your play style. So you know what to look for. That's important as well. Uh. So the more you have played, the more different types of decks you have played, the easier time you will have to find that gem that works perfectly for you on the secondary market. And uh, again, the next step is something we have said before, but it's uh, play sealed uh, because it makes you learn different types of decks. It is a chance to get a new deck and it's a chance just to to train playing competitively, playing tight. Uh, not making mistakes yeah. uh, so it's a good opportunity uh, actually one of my next point and I might be repeating myself a little bit here again but I'm a firm believer that with Keyforge and c- competitive Keyforge half the battle is having a decent deck 
um, you have to learn to pilot it as well, or you have to learn to drive it properly. There's no point in buying a Ferrari if you don't have a driver's license or you haven't driven a fast car before. Um, piloting and making those decisions on the moment in gameplay is just as, or if not, more important than having a good deck uh, when you're paying competitively. So just because, and I've got to say the same one, I've just, you know, I've bought my best uh, deck now doesn't mean I'm going to win with it every time. I'm going to have to put it through its paces before it's, it can it can compete. Half the battle is in the cards. Half the battle is in your mind. Nice. So, and related to what you said before about uh, uh, being able to drive your Ferrari, it's important to know that uh, in Keyforge, everything is about matchups. Uh, so. Uh, there is no deck that can win against everything. And really, if you go to a competitive event, it's not really about who has the best deck on the sort of objective deck scale. It's about who has a deck that can beat the most of the other decks that people brought to that event, which is what people refer to as a meta game or a meta. Uh, so, mm. uh, so if you want to win in a competitive event, uh, you need it's a good skill to have is to be able to correctly guess what the other people will be playing and what's popular, and may based on that guess, which can be right or wrong. Sometimes you guess wrong, that's fine. But what's important is to know if I guess decks of type X will be popular, then I need to bring a deck of type Y to beat those decks. You need to bring the scissors to their to their uh, paper. Um, so uh, yeah, understand understand matchups. Think about the meta, and think about in the meta you predict mm. coming up, which is in your collection, which is the best deck in that meta. Or if you're looking to to buy decks online, I know I have in my collection. There's a certain type of deck I haven't been able to open that I think will do well in the meta. Uh, so I have been buying a couple of decks secondhand just to cover up that weakness mm. in my lineup of decks uh, that I own. Mm. Uh, so I mean, you're you're playing out everything that we've just been talking about. You know, you know your decks. Uh, you know what you enjoy playing, and you know where your holes are. So that's where you're looking at the secondary market as well for. So that's a really good example of everything we've been talking about tonight. Mm. You're like the perfect player. Hydro, I, you know, no, definitely it's, it's not. almost like what, what, what uh, we, no, I, I'm, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, that's our, that's Aramis, of course. Um, we don't want yeah. to, yeah, no, put Aramis together with the perfect deck, um, and it's a <laughs> winning combination. <laughs> um, I completely, I, I completely agree with that one, but at that point, if I'm being completely honest, that point also scares me because knowing the meta and even knowing the meta of some of my own decks i struggle with a lot and understanding and a lot of the time i have to <laughs> have to rely on playing against other people and them telling me oh man you've got a you've got a sprint deck or oh man you've got a you've got the deck the, the control in this deck or the ball control in this i'm like oh yeah it kind of does doesn't it so i have to learn a lot about my decks from 
being in conversation with other people um, and then helping me understand as well and learning from people who've been in the game longer than me, which is quite difficult because this game has only been around for three years. Um, it's coming up to three years this autumn, actually. It started 2018. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty pretty intense um, as well. Uh, two... Two two last points that we have. We've got a, f- a lot of points. We haven't numbered these points as well because a lot of them just kind of, um, uh, they, they merge into each other a little bit as well. But one of my best advices for staying competitive and learning how to be competitive is join online leagues, join um, or, or, or different events, learn to be competitive just by playing these casual tournaments. Or, or that. Um, I joined Nordic Keyforge League in season six and I spent, I haven't gotten further than the second highest tier up. And I spent a lot of time losing <laughs> in my first few seasons. My win rate is not very, very good because the first thing I was that I was losing I wasn't focusing. I wasn't understanding the games. But you know what? I enjoy the game and I stuck with it. Um, and the community helped me stay engaged. And so now I'm winning more games than I'm losing because I'm starting to understand the game through the experience. So go out there, get that experience, sign up to a league. Um, even if you're going to do bow for a few seasons, it's okay because it's a fun game and um, you're going to learn from playing against really good players. Um, the final swindle also has a really good discord server where they do tournaments every other week, um, every, every other Sunday, and they do other casual tournaments. The ABR league is a really good format where you have teams of 10 people that really help each other out. Um, there's coats, um, uh, coat season 10 starting, um, which is a team game make a team get involved in that as well and just you know learn how to play these games these competitive games with the decks that you have and learn from losing and i just want to say we have uh the nordic league uh of course so that's also a really good league did i not talk about the nordic keyboard league to begin with well, yeah, I guess you said it at the start. That's true. It's a given that you have to get involved in the Nordic Keyforge League before you get involved in anything else. Um, <laughs> um, and actually, to be fair, if if we're going to make this, this this a good point here, um, the the format, the Nordic Hexad format of using the six decks, banning, protecting, banning, and you're left with four decks to choose from, and it's probably one of the hardest formats to play with and the most challenging formats to play with. So if you're going to play competitively, this is a really good way to do it because you have to stick with six decks for a whole season. And another thing we wanted to mention about online events is if you have a limited budget and you can't afford to travel to a vault tour or something like that, uh, you can still play the top level of Keyforge from your home without paying for a plane ticket. So it's a big part of improving your game and improving your competitive level even on the budget crucible online it might not be your cup of tea if you like in real life games or if you if you want something if you're looking for an online client that's as good as the magic arena etc etc but you still get to play a good game online and against in, in a competitive way on something that is fan based so yeah um yeah take advantage of that and our very, very last point 
is actually something that we probably could have started with, which is know your budget. How much can you spend a month on a hobby? How much can are you willing to spend on a hobby? Um, if it's not as much, it's not as much, and then and and work with that. If you if you can only if you only want to spend can only spend twenty dollars a month, buy a couple of decks a month and enjoy playing with those decks and build it up. Join two sealed events. Yeah, exactly. Um, or you know, look out for those those big deals of people trying to sell off or give away their decks. Hmm. Um, look for deals. They take advantage of those and. Um, Know your budget and stick to it as well, because you don't want to be into a uh, get into a position where you are going over your budget and you're spending way more money than you can actually afford on something or on a game. Um, and then we get into addictive behaviors and, and we start going down that route, which is isn't really where we want anyone to go. Okay, that was a really good point to end on, Captain. And uh, cool, thank you. And I think with that we will wrap up this episode. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the, we have had now a discussion about Keyforge on the budget, and uh, the most important part I think is just play, 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 and have fun. And uh, mm. and uh, yeah, enjoying the game I think is the is the biggest part. And if you can the more you enjoy the game playing casually the more you will, would enjoy the game playing competitively and as we've talked about quite a few times in that in and there'd be there's an episode we recorded about you know negative things that you get from competitive play um and if you if you try and jump in too much and you you're not enjoying the game then you're going to burn out and not even want to play anymore so you know enjoy it casually and you're going to enjoy it competitively yeah, um, and that, that's it for tonight. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Jason. Can, can I can I just can I just stop us uh, one second here because we've got some hot news while we've been recording. I've had a little eye on the Discord coming in, and we have a result uh, in from Silver League where Martian Dog, uh, who I took a victory against last week, has taken a two-one victory against. Our favorite meme lord, uh, Yasabo. Uh, <laughs> and You're still hung up about that time he came into your game, right? So this is like <laughs> <laughs> this is like the Scott and Freud there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying on the by the fact that I'm happy that Yasabo lost. Uh, I'm happy that the person that I beat last week won this week. Oh. And be, yeah, that's but. Um, it's really, really good. Really happy for for Anders there um, with a two one win. It sounds like he has a couple of, and he does have a couple of pretty scary decks as well. And um, one of the decks which I struggled against actually um, was um, was a very, very quick win for him as well. But I'm not going to say anything more live on the podcast because um, it's not really fair on Anders if. Um, uh, we give all his secrets away. So well done to Anders, both for your Dark Tidings uh, game win last week and for your match win this week. Um, good job. Um, now we can end. Now we can end the evening. I don't know if you... <laughs> yeah. I. Yeah. 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 I've, I've been trying to end, you know, but... Yeah. 
uh, <laughs> no, I'm, you know, uh, uh, this is not this keyword, the Nordic Keyforge podcast. Uh, it's not. It's not just talking about cards. It's 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 a series of trying to end the episode over and over. <laughs> it really, really is. Um, so, for the fourth time this evening, should we should, should we end the episode and uh, and let our listeners um, get on with their lives? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I will just say bye now. I think bye everyone. Uh, have a, have a nice week. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> Yep, thanks a lot, uh, Hydro, Hydro Cataloger, uh, sorry, Hydro Phillip Attack, and um, <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, see you next week for the book club. Good night.